everyone, at PAX West, we got the chance to talk to developers from King's Isle Entertainment, the developer and publisher of Wizard 101, a game that allows players to step into the role of wizarding student to save Wizard City. This free-to-play MMO has been around for 15 years, and we got a look into how you build a lasting community across different gaming generations with design director Artie Rogers and narrative director Sam Johnson. There is a lot of background noise. This was conducted on the floor of PAX, so forgive any of those editing issues. It's a con interview, guys. Enjoy. So I guess my first question is like, so for those who may not know like what Wizards 101 or Pirates 101 is, can you give them like a, a quick baseline? Absolutely. What do you need to know when you're jumping into the games? Uh, Wizard 101 is a 15-year-old MMO. Uh, it was originally designed to skew younger. It is, it's not a kid's game, it's a family-friendly game. Uh, the core of the game is turn-based combat in a shared space, which I think we're the only people who do that. Wow. But the idea being, and it's, it's a CCG combat. And again, coming out in, you know, the 2005s, kids knew that. Thank yeah. you, Pokemon. <laughs> but the idea is we set up an environment where you are fighting monsters, typically in a group of people up to four, working together, you have 30 minutes to pick the spell you're going to cast out of your deck, and we set it up, especially at the beginning of the game, so that, you know, the magic is not that hard to mess up. So, A, there's no twitch anxiety, yeah. and B, there's no decision anxiety. So what we ended up with is we ended up with a game that kids loved because they love the cards, but we also ended up with a game that parents and grandparents were not afraid to play. Yeah. So we created a huge community, and because we were designed for younger players, there were safeguards built in for interactions and whatnot yeah. to keep it a safe space. And as a result, it just created a very tranquil, laid-back sort of a vibe, yeah. where you know you're not racing to become the best dude because I've got the best gear, and it's like there's cool gear but you're gonna make it through our cool story without it. Uh, so from a gameplay standpoint, that is really the differentiator. And the other differentiator we have is story. Uh, from the very beginning, King's Isle invested a lot in story. And at a surface level, it's a really good story with a good moral uh, for the kids to get, but it is filled with references uh, and whatnot that the parents will get. It's very Pixar that way. Uh, we are set in a wide open universe with all these different little worlds, each of which is themed differently. We have our ancient Egypt world, we have our medieval Japan world, we have our Arthurian legends world, Arabian Nights world, all of these worlds. And uh, they are inhabited by a fun cast of talking animal people. So like Marley Bone, which is the Britain world, they're all dogs and cats. Mushu, our Asian world, is all cows and pigs. And so, you know, it goes from there. Yeah. Uh, and over time, because we've had the time to do it, our stories have deepened. And they've gotten, without getting grim or anything like yeah. that, it's always inviting, it's always uses humor. But, you know, we have stakes, and we have themes that are coming through, and, and we try to teach lessons with it, which is pretty yeah, cool. Um, maybe something shorter. <laughs> no, 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 I know you like to riff or whatever. But when you were doing that, I was just thinking, well, what would be like the elevator pitch or whatever? Yeah. I mean, so what Wizard is to me is it's a, uh, a, a 
story-driven CCG MMO that is full of whimsy, humor, and uh, 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 colorful, varied environments to explore. Yep. And lots, 15 years worth of development of side systems. Yeah. yeah. There then, is a lot more to do than play the main quest. And then Pirate is similar because yes. they share the same space, except yeah. it's a tactical RV2 as opposed to a CCG. Huh. It's, it's grid-based tactical combat. Yeah. And in Pirate, instead of building a deck, you assemble a crew. Yeah. You'll have NPCs that come with you and fight with you on the board. They also talk during the quests. They pipe in. They're the peanut gallery. Yeah. Uh, it is set in the same world as Wizard 101. You will venture to different places within the same worlds, although it has some worlds that Wizard hasn't gone to yet. And they'll refer to each other, and characters may guest star, but uh, they're not directly linked. Yeah. So there you go. And Pirate 101 has <clears throat> sailing ships through big skyways and occasional ship combat and whatnot. Yeah. And I think what sort of maybe sets Wizard apart and Pirate apart from other MMOs and other multiplayer games, frankly, is um, it does it, a portion of it is deliberately paced. So you do have turn based combat, 30 seconds to shoot your card, et cetera, et cetera. And all this takes place in, a, in the shared space. So. A combat circle can uh, accommodate up to four people and up to four enemies. And so I could be playing along, and you decide you may also have the same goals in mind as I do, and so we share a space. And yeah, a, portion of, a portion of the game is is, is not uh, stressing optimal play, right? So it's about exploration and storytelling and things like that. And then this deliberately placed paced shared space gives opportunity to socialize. And it's yeah. not really a high stress environment. Now we do have other portions. Like as when we started, the the strategy was to be uh, 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 accessible to younger kids. Uh, we were expecting this to be their first game. But then we built in both in the story and in the gameplay mechanics things that we felt like would appeal to older people. So we have a lot of cultural references and things like that. So if you, the early game story is very graphable uh, uh, on a high level uh, for the younger people, but then it has a lot of humor in it that your parents would, uh, the parents would understand, and some nuances that more sophisticated readers would understand. And then the same would go for the gameplay side. So this, the the uh, card game. Uh, we purposely were not emphasizing the deck construction, et cetera, et cetera, for your uh, primary story uh, line uh, because uh, we wanted to keep it simple for those that don't want that. But you can do it. You can yeah. go in and manipulate your own deck and things like that. And so the interesting thing to me is just how, you know, we have a lot of people who, who joined the community and they're still there a decade later or longer. Yeah. And so we began to see uh, how we might be able to uh, add features that might appeal to them as they grow older. Yeah. And so, like, but the, uh, 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 something that's important for Blizzard is a sense of agency and players being able to uh, interface with the game in the way that they like to. Right. Okay. So um, uh, while we'll have a, a portion of the CCG that has more breadth and depth and borrows some familiar mechanics from other CCGs. That's you can go engage in that if you like, or you can if you're interested in the story and exploring the, the spiral and stuff like that. You can stick to 
what's more classic or what's more standard. If, if you're a story player, you are never going to ruin your character or weaken yourself by not doing this stuff over here. If you want to yeah. do this stuff over here, do it. Uh, uh, yeah, we've Wizard has proven to be a very sticky game. Yeah. There are lots of players who've been playing for 10 years. There are devs, we have 10 devs on the team who shipped Wizard 15 years ago yeah. and have been at the company 18 years. We have probably at I know it's more than 10. We have upwards of 30 who've been there more than a decade. I've been there 13 years. Uh, but we also have, I think, about a dozen or 15 members, the newest members of our team, yeah. who we got from the community. Oh, wow. Our, the head of our marketing it was a pillar of the community. Yeah. Our community managers are community people. And we have devs that, wow. yeah, we also have devs from the community. Yeah, we've got uh, designers yeah. as well. And then some of our devs uh, became active members of the community. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, you know, to me, that's, that is one of the things that separates Wizards from other multiplayer uh, games yeah. is this uh, because we created a space that uh, uh, had pauses basically to uh, make social interactions possible and then because we needed to be safeguard the youngest users yeah. that meant that we created a space that where toxicity didn't come about as readily as in other places yeah. and then because we're a game that is stylized and whimsical and lighthearted and it all kind of permeates the community and so you know what we see inside the game is what we see outside the game right where community members want to just start in middle school they're playing the game and then high school they're playing the game and they get a computer science degree and then they can work for us and, you know and then like or they go through QA like yeah. you've some people drop the career and come work in QA all the way up through, in, through to, to development and I think that's really sort of a, uh, a testament to yeah. what the game kind of engenders. And so once we got uh, acquired from Ganigo, we were able to put more focus in that. Mm -hmm. So I think we can innovate in some ways on the community type yeah. systems that other uh, games may not be able to because maybe they're a high stress environment or yeah. you know maybe they're yeah, highly competitive which we do have competitive spaces but like like uh, 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 Sam alluded to we we do resemble MMOs in some ways but we always tailor it to what our game's needs are yeah. so yeah. like we are not a best in slot game yeah. so you know there isn't a best and so, because, you know, again, as, as a sense of agency, where where do you want to go? Yeah. Do you want to do a raid? If you do, you will get something that is of equal power than those who don't. Yeah. And, like, in some games, what they want to do is incentivize participation in a guild or participation in raids in exchange for the best stuff. Yeah. But what we're wanting is... The participation in the raid should be a reward in itself of, of a group of friends overcoming, overcoming the challenge. Yeah. And then their friendship bonds grow because of it. And you do get rewarded, and you do get rewarded uh, uh, for the time and effort you put in. It's just that you're not more powerful. Yeah. And so, like, when we brought over guilds, because, you know, when I, uh, in 2008, when the game shifted, and when I came back, we really hadn't done much with the social systems. Yeah. And the community was very, uh, 
rich and interesting. Yeah. And so when I was asked sort of what should we do next, like we did an event system, and they were like, well, what should we do next? And I was suggested that we, we roadmap out a long-term social system plan. So I sat yeah. with Gary, one of our developers, and we came up with a, like a four-year roadmap of different social systems that were unique to Wizard that would help uh, strengthen and encourage the, the continued creation of these communities yeah. and uh, 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 guilds being more controversial, mainly because people have attached uh, preconceived notions yeah. of what a guild is. And I use the term guild because I wanted that to an extent. I wanted yeah. them to immediately kind of understand generally what the guild is. But the difference is, is that the guild for Wizard is going to be different than a guild for WoW, yes. right? Like, and we were—I was very careful to communicate. We were communicating with the, the community to address any fears they had about what a guild system may mean, yeah. because it would be the first time that Wizard introduced a subset of the players that would be gatekept by a different player. Right? Yeah. Normally, it was all open, and you could participate in any way you wanted. And so, you know, we ended up, our guilds are end up having a lot of different unique qualities yeah. that other guilds don't. And we also engaged the community to explain that to them. Right. Yeah. Because as many, they people, as many people who were leery of guilds, there were other ones who really wanted guilds. And when they got them, we're like, well, wait, why, why, why can't I do this? <laughs> yeah, and, why can't I have 300 yeah. people in it? Why can't I raid 12 hours a day? Yeah. Or yeah. all these different things. And it was because it was, there were specific characteristics that we needed. We felt real important to preserve the unique qualities of the wizard yes. community. And, and, it, uh, uh, and then, uh, I'll let you. Oh yeah, <laughs> we were, uh, so for the longest time, we were a very casual game. Yeah. And our players kept getting older and older and older. And we didn't want them to age out of us. So the biggest, I mean, it's having been at King's Isle for a long time, The in the last four or five years, we have, done a lot of new stuff yeah. so we have created you know uh Artie and his team have created entire systems over here on the side for yeah. players who are more hardcore yeah. you know uh we have essentially uh team-based events there's a pvp one that's very <laughs> capture the flag but the wizard twist on it is you get polymorphed into a beast form when you go in <laughs> so we call it the beast moon yeah. and you have your deck of spell cards handed to you this is what you get. I don't care what you bought from the crown shop. Yeah. I don't care what level you were when you walked in. That's you awesome. Yeah. yeah, no one is bullying anybody. It's an even playing field. And so it comes down to how well do you know the game and how well can you work together with your friends? Yeah. And uh, we did a PvP version that was all capture the flag and whatnot. And then we did a PvE version, which was essentially how many mega bosses can your team kill in a certain amount of time. Yeah. Then we took it from six players to 12 for our guild raids, which are our pinnacle PvE experiences. Yeah. But then we're like, okay, we have this now. There are things that hardcore players can do and that in theory anybody can do while they're waiting for the next big chunk of mainline quest. Yeah. Uh, now we're looking at the social stuff. We invented a new side system that doesn't have combat in it at all. Uh, this spring we shipped Rate My Stitch, which is basically, you know, we looked at things that players were doing spontaneously in other games, and we built a system for it. There's a guy you can go to, and like every week or two weeks, we say, hey, there's a contest, this week it's fire, 
Yeah, it's like fits. a fashion show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a fashion show. I look at my gear, I put together my outfit, I go talk to the guy, we based him on Tim Gunn. Uh, <laughs> basically, the game, the game references your outfit, and then when it's time for the show, everybody goes up, they talk to him, they watch the show, a window comes up, it has a ramp on it, your character walks down the ramp oh, wow. and does an emote at yeah. the end that you picked <laughs> when you register. Yeah. And so then walks back. So it's totally the catwalk. Wow. And people vote. Yeah. And they see which ones they like and there's a leaderboard. And it's like, and yeah, then, man. Uh, yeah, we make it so that uh, the winner appears on a plinth in the area. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. It's a giant. Yeah. You know, and giant that's a reward. Of themselves. Yeah. But it's and that's not, a reward in itself. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and the really cool part, you know, uh, a refrain that I had annoyed some of my coworkers with back in the day was, you know, for the longest time before I got to King's Isle, I was like, okay, computer games, our computer RPGs are all based on D and D. Yeah. And D and D came from war games, and all it knows how to do is fight. Yeah. That's the only thing it can simulate is combat. Is there other stuff we can yeah. do? <laughs> yeah. How can we do other things? Yeah. And yeah. it's stuff like rate my stitch. And uh, and some of the other side systems, you know, when I first was interviewing at Kings, I was like, okay, this is different. This is good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's like it's, it, it gets entangled with the power fantasy. Yeah. All, all, you know, all the progression systems yeah. and stuff become, uh, uh, that's the uh, uh, only reward some folks can, can rock is, is, is the consummation of this power fantasy. Yeah. So, and we've been talking about... Uh, what, what are different things like yeah. you know the the, the, um, the 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 high school sense section of Persona Five as an example, yeah. which isn't is as far removed from the a, a power fantasy as in play. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I, I really I really got into a flow with that game. Well, that you know it had its other side. It was fine yeah. too. But that was to me really kind of uh, unique and different. And so you know where can we go with that? Because we are a story game, right? Yeah. And so, story can be a reward in itself. It should, yeah. I think. And so, you know, how can we do things like that? So, these are just sort of things that we think about. Because yeah. given what where Wizards kind of has uniquely positioned itself, these are areas that we would want to try to innovate yeah. in. Yeah. And with how long the how long Wizards been going on? Um, what are kind of the on-ramps for new players into the world to kind of get involved into the community? Oh, to get involved with the community? Yeah, like if you've never, uh, because it's, it's because it's been around for so long and there is a lot of story like you all have talked about and all these different elements. Um, what's the on-ramp for a new player looking to pick up Wizard 101? Existing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are ways that you can find a group. I mean, we have tools for that. Uh, yeah. We have we have a pretty robust help system. Okay. Awesome. Where if you're going to go into an instance dungeon and you're going to fight a big boss, then there is a way you can go to a kiosk and say, "Help me out." And one right. of the things we've examined is is there a way that we can incentivize players for helping? Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, that's, that's we're, we're not there yet. Yeah. We're, we're still we're still kicking that around. But I mean, it's a great question, and it yes. is something that we've considered, and it's stuff that is fueling some of the ideas we have for next year. Yeah. So when Sam's talking about like what is a system that can incentivize players to uh, mentor other players yeah. as an example or as another example is 
how can we uh, alert players to um, how can we alert players that that they've been co-playing with and, and to uh, uh, enable them to create a connection to them that they may not think of connecting at that time yeah. right? until they miss them. until they yeah. yeah until the next day because yeah. we see that all the time yeah. and then um, yeah and there's other ways that we want to try to bring players together uh, have a shared experience and then allow them to, to find their way into a community. Yeah. Um, a lot of the a lot of the end game advocates do come down and try to, and they do help. Like yeah. Sam's talking about our team up kiosk is where uh, players can request help and then other players can respond to. Basically, looking for yeah. this type of thing. Um, and they do do that. But I do think that it would be useful if we could recognize players for that sort of thing and then also give the other players the tools to uh, formalize the connections with those that have helped them just yeah. you know maybe it's ad hoc helping and then they're kind of going to go off and you're like man i'd really like to kind of quest with those people again yeah but then you kind of lose you didn't you, you didn't do it yeah. and so now yeah. what do you do you got no way to reconnect and so those are some of the things we're looking at for next year uh yeah we up till now, you know, the community has been kind of self-reinforcing. But as it grows, you know, things can get fuzzy. Uh, yeah, but I think I think our biggest priority in the future is instead of you know alternate gameplay modes, is to is creating community modes that are built in, player yeah. tools yeah. to to do stuff. Yeah, like and we are also talking about like self-selected groups that create a, create a community and a sub-community around maybe. A, Site system or something, yeah. where as opposed to like a gatekept community of a, of, a, of a guild, we can have a self-selected community where everybody, oh, I like pets, so I'm going to sign up for the pet club. Or yeah. 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 So different things like that. Yeah. yeah. And actually, in recent years, we've done some of that within the side systems. So we have a very robust pet breeding and pet hatching system. Sounds no, amazing. Yeah. No, no <laughs> doubt. Lots of players invest a lot of time in it because they love it. Yeah. Well. Uh, was it two, three years ago? I don't remember. Recently, 2020 was when we... Yes. 2020 was when we looked at the pet system, and then uh, in summer, we, we finally got the in-person uh, request yes. into the kiosk. So, uh, yeah, we built it into the kiosk where you can request, hey, please help me make this pet, and people will come up and go, oh, yeah, I'll help you. So, you know, we started getting people working together on it, and I think... There's a lot of room for us to do that with different systems. Yeah. I think. Do you have any questions? No, no, no. Right now. I was like, one of the other questions I had too is just like, listening to you all, listening to you all talk is really amazing because I can hear how much love you have for what you've built, but also how much love you have for pulling more people in. And one of the questions that I have is from a community aspect, because it is an all ages um, endeavor. What are some of the ways that, like, because you've talked a lot about the systems you've put in place to keep the youngest safe and build the safe spaces without also removing community from the older players. How do you balance those two pieces of the game? And then, like, is the game from a gameplay perspective also looking into how you build um, foundational kind of community, like teaching, like teaching younger players how to build a community how to play a game, like those foundational moments too. Do you take those into consideration? 
short answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I realized that was long. Yeah. No, 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 it's a, it's a cool question. It's the end of the day. It's a cool question. Yeah. No, it's a great you, question. How do you introduce, like, one of the systems that we put in place a year or so ago is a, a friendly player flag where players can mark themselves as being open to uh, uh, co flag uh -huh. or yeah. to communicate. And one of the other ways that we were going to kind of continue to build onto that was to uh, we, we have a quick chat system where for younger users who don't have a kit, just uh -huh. type free chat stuff and try to uh, uh, merge those two to where I become, we can kind of help introduce the younger player to questions relative to where they are mm -hmm. and with the friendly player. So to try to help bridge that gap, not only of just sort of social awkwardness potentially, mm -hmm. but also just as a younger user, you just might not know yeah. what is a what yeah, I what you can't be. even do. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so like there's certain things like that that we're looking at, uh, but we're also looking to kind of more formally introduce game systems to the players. But that's not really educating them yeah. on it. Uh, on the game side, it's a little easier because what we can do is we can just sort of begin to introduce increasingly complex mechanics in sort of in optional ways, and then sort of and then they'll off ramp into that when they're ready for it yeah. but, but from a from a social standpoint it's a trickier thing yeah, yeah. you know especially because you know it needs to guarantee that confidence that the kids aren't going to get shuffled off i mean there's a lot of complexity to it right like what you don't want is you don't want the system to prompt you right yeah. because that cheapens the experience and that also makes you question the motives of the prompt yeah right yeah and then you also don't want to reward social interactions overtly because that also pollutes the interaction. Yeah. Now people are motivated for the reward and not for the interaction not because they itself. really care. Yeah. And so it becomes really tricky to try to figure out like how, and that's why like the friendly flag thing really came up as when you're in a store or something, if you see someone wearing a shirt from the store, you feel it's easier to approach them yeah. versus just some random person. And so it was really kind of like, okay, this is a person who's wearing the shirt, right? Yeah. But then you may not even know what to ask, and that's why we're going to integrate the chat thing. But yeah, again, it does make it interesting to think about like the younger users and, and how we can teach them how to be positive members of a of a group. Yeah. You know, so that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's interesting to think about. I mean, yeah. I've always loved community stuff. Yeah. All the way back from like Oklahoma Online and all that, and just that community was really interesting because it was like one of the earliest sort of burgeoning MMO communities and just all that craziness. Um, and then going on to UO2 and some other things and on to several other MMOs uh, I've worked on. Uh, I've always been interested in the, the large-scale community um, aspect of it. And then, uh, so yeah, currently it's been, what are the tools that we can provide the people who want or are members of the existing community? That's a great thing to think about is how do I introduce new people into those communities? And I do wonder if those self-selected subgroups based on interest is a way to do it. Yeah. And that's part of like Gary and my roadmap. Like yeah. we, stopped, we took a pause at guilds because we wanted, what we've been doing is we've kind of been soft launching these subsystems and yeah. then seeing the community discover them more organically take feedback and make improvements before we formally onboard them. Yeah. Yeah. And so we decided to take a pause. Next year we'll resume 
with some of these other things that we've been talking about, and clubs is one of those. And it might be that the clubs might be one of those that, that help younger users. Yeah. We're, uh, we're also, because we've been out for 15 years, and because we've put out so many side yeah. systems, and one of our main programmer guys, like gardening, he just made it over a weekend. And yeah. so the next week we just had it, uh, you know, because some of them have just come along. Uh, we are we have been looking over the last few years at better ways to onboard players onto these things in such a way that they don't feel like they have to do it, but in such a way that oh they know it's out there because right now you know it's it's easy for a, a player to go through the game and like oh a tooltip comes up that they ignore. So yeah. how do we get them to the system? How do they know that they like it? And so we are yeah, we've been experimenting. Balance. We've been experimenting with ways to do that, and once once we have a good system in place, and I'll be the first to admit, what we have is okay, but it ain't great. We're gonna keep refining. Once we do that, we will build these social prompts into yeah. that downboarding, our onboarding. Like yeah. right now, I don't think our onboarding is where it needs to be, yeah. but uh, but yeah. we're committed to getting it there. Yeah. So. I don't know if that answers your question. No, it, it does. No, no, it definitely okay. does. Yeah, no, was, no. Yeah. That was a heck of a question, man. No, no, it's great. It's yeah. great. That's why I love having these conversations. Yeah. So everybody brings their own experience and perspectives to the same sort of topic. And yeah. sometimes stuff that you may not have thought of. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, at the moment it was looking at our community, looking at what, what are the things that might help. Uh, strengthen the bonds that already are existing and, and being created organically. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of been what I've been thinking about. But I haven't been thinking about like how can what? It, well, we had thought about prompting. So yeah. like when we were creating the social structure, it was basically uh, there's a, a, a progression, a social progression, and it's the. Uh, it's not the ladder of trust in that it? It's a ladder of trust or something. Yes. I can't remember. But, you know, so each of these social structures kind of begin to integrate in these yeah. this trust. It's part of the trust spectrum or whatever. And then we were going to, originally I had thought that we could prompt you to the next structure if we had determined that you had taken uh, intentional social interactions with a particular person beyond a, a, a threshold, right? Yeah. But then I began to worry that players wouldn't trust that system mm -hmm. because yeah. it's system. It's a system. Yeah. And so then it became a matter of trying to just uh, 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 present them with these uh, uh, structures and then hoping that they would fit into them when, based on how they were designed. And so, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, too, there is a there is a way to do it that is not systemic, because this is all you know. This is all really hard to do. Yeah. Uh, ever since we shifted our focus and brought in these new alternate modes of gameplay, the other thing that we did is we engaged the community. Yeah. I mean, we had always had a community manager. We always had little tweets. We always had giveaways <laughs> and stuff like that. But we have. A lead designer who streams every day for an hour. Yeah, yeah, I think I think access to the dev team for Wizard is unprecedented. Yes. Really. Yeah. I mean, it may not be, but it's, it's anecdotally, it's, it's not the old way. It's not the old yeah. way anymore. Yeah. But and because of how you know, it's interesting too. You know, Wizard ships in 2008. 
look at social media as we know it, yeah. you know, our lifespans are about the same. Yeah. You know, uh, so we are engaging on TikTok, we are engaging on Twitter, all of that stuff. We are engaging yeah. with websites and yeah. with streamers, <laughs> and so you know, there we can get our word out the old-fashioned way, yeah. as it were. You know, and uh, that personally is the narrative guy yeah. that has it has changed my world or it hasn't changed my world but it's taken a big weight off my shoulders because oh yeah every world or every year you know we've got three big updates spring summer fall the fall update is when we do the new world we raise the level cap we put in a hundred odd new quests we build all these new characters there's gobs of heart it's awesome and it's for the high-end people who've made it all the way to the end so not you know that's not a high percentage of our player base are going to see it and that yeah. used to that used to be sad, but now we have streamers. Yeah. So everyone yeah. who wants to see it can see it. You know, yeah, there are people there are people who are enjoying our story, no matter at what point they are in the game, and that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And we have, yeah, we have taken a very, uh, we have taken, I wouldn't say aggressive necessarily, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, you know, engagement is is a way we can get there. Yeah. yeah. Like when so when Yamigo took uh, bottles at the acquisition, um, they were really encouraging us to explore the space with Wizard. Yeah. Not only Wizard, but Pirate. Yep. Right? So, like, you know, it, so part of it was I was engaging Matthew, the community manager, with, well, how can we, how can we connect more with the community? What yeah. more can we do? And then, you know, now we're, you know, we have a monthly KI live stream, but we also periodically encourage content creators to host roundtables where we'll have to come in and have a deep dive in the topic for an hour and hour with the community. And then, you know, we're also now doing these things, you know, where we have a chance to really meet people face to face and really kind of of talk to them. But, you know, at the same time, like, you know, Pirate also has the community. Pirate also has a lot of really great story and interesting things. And it all takes place in this environment, right? Yep. And so, like, this year, because I was frustrated by periodic, uh, un- irregular updates to Pirate, because it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't send the right message. I didn't feel like it was sending the right message yeah. to the community. So this year, our focus was let's uh, resume normal operations. Pirate. Yeah. So four releases, get test run back up. Let's have let's understand the composition and, and, and contents of our releases as we uh, uh, as we're able, and then uh, also like start to resume story and yep. start to start, start to reimagine what it is for Pirate to continue, and then uh, and it's now on a growth trajectory. Like with both Wizard and Pirate are on a growth trajectory, which is crazy when it's 15 years old. Yeah. But like you know, even beyond any sort of COVID effect, we are sort of we are on a growth trajectory with Wizard, um, and like the last couple of years have been some of the top in the. They're in the top five yeah. years of wow. Wizard, and so yeah. you know, getting out Steam helps. Yeah, you know, well, Steam, Steam was huge, and Steam for Pirate, and Steam for Wizard, yep. and then exploring other platforms. Like you know, you can play uh, Wizard on the deck. Like a, a couple of different team members have done uh, controller configurations for the deck, yeah. but we're looking for the, the green check is what yes. we want. Yeah. And so, I mean, I love my deck, so yeah. I'd love to be able to play this game. <laughs> yeah, that is a huge goal. Yeah, yeah. Because we know that PC only, okay, back in 2008, 
you know, that wasn't that big a deal. It's a pretty big deal now. Yeah. So yeah, we one of our main goals going forward that doesn't have anything to do with gameplay. Yeah. Well, I mean, not with systems, but we want Wizard players to play Wizard 101 in places that they've never played it before. Yeah. And what we want is, you know, there's a number of different pillars, I guess, to Wizard. Yeah. The community as well. And like I said, it's how we interact with them. They interact with us. They work with us. We work with them. And uh, in the game itself. And then there's the sense of uh, story. Yeah. Strength of story. Character-driven stories. We visit all sorts of different cultures and different time planes. That's why Rate My Stitch becomes something yeah. that we can do that's more uniquely what we can do. Yeah. Because you have fashions and styles throughout time and throughout across cultures. More akin to like Fortnite that's not bound by anything. Mm -hmm. So they can have visuals from all over the place. But other games are kind of tied to a specific mythology, a specific time frame. Yeah. We're not. Whether it's top, top our, hat and tuxedo. Our universe or, is whatever we say. Yes. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or, or kind of whatever. Yeah, old Egyptian fashion with a top, or however you want to do yeah. it, right? And so it becomes about agency, self-expression, and things like that. And part of that is, how do I play? Right? So, you know, right now, it's we're on the PC. But I, I think that it is consistent with our values for the game to continue to pursue other platforms. Yep. And yeah. that's why Green Check, Green Check's <laughs> coming. So, I don't know when, but yeah. you know, it's on the way. The, the, the traditional dev answer to any features question, soon. <laughs> hey, no. you never know, right? You never know where hey, the tiger man. traps are. Soon is relative. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> it's like the dev's like, I can do it three days, and then falls no. in a, a pit trap. And no, numbers. no numbers. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. units of time. Yeah. Soon. So yeah. how does that work, since you all talk about you have a different, you have a level cap, it goes up, and so how does it go into building your characters, since you have a bunch of different fashions, and then obviously, and then I guess how does that tie in with like, if you want to go do a raid, like do you have to make your character specific for that, do you need to give it to your team, um, like I guess building your character and what it, how it plays, I guess, in, it's like, different for, for different, it's different for different game modes. Yes. Right. Uh, so essentially, I know, some of the raid stuff is level gated, uh, as I recall. Yeah, like the way that we, the intention of the raid right. is, and this is again, uh, I think, uh, unique uh, for us, uh, or for the space, is that the intention of the raid is to appeal to different uh, a spectrum of right. right. So right now, you have to be a minimum of level 30 to be a part of the guild, and our level cap is 160. Okay. So there are portions of the raid that need those Apex, PvE, top level players. And then there's portions of the raid that don't, like yep. the puzzle aspects or the non-combat related stuff. Yeah. We also have out of combat support mechanisms where as a level 30, I can I can help uh, assist on a combat that maybe I don't have the gear, don't have the power to do. And that of course, that is, holds true for anyone between 30 or all the way to 160. Yep. If, if you are a story interested person, uh, there's not a lot of stress for uh, uh, optimizing. Right? We, have, we have seven schools of magic. They each work sort of different. One is very much damage. One is very much I hurt people but I drain health. One is I heal. You know, it's, it's your class archetypes. Yeah. But we go a long way to make sure that none of them are inherently better than any other. You build what you want to build. Uh, and the thing about Rate My Stitch is we have gobs of gear that has no stats. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you find the look you want, 
and you have gear that you like, yeah. then you stitch it, and so that's fine. Oh, yeah, and a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that uh, that we sell, or a lot of the stuff that we offer that we give away in promos, is all you know. We call it stitch. It's stitchable yeah. stuff. So you know, it's all about how it looks. Yeah, keep your, keep yeah. your stats. And that's your awesome. Yeah. And um, right, and so like we have the the sort of story standard experience, which is. Uh, not focused on optimizing your play. I mean, you can still kind of engage with that, but it's more about exploration, meeting the characters, living the story, yeah. things like that, which is really cool. But then we have what we're working on, which is the challenge area, the advanced mode stuff, which is more raids. And that's where you do need to attend to how you make yeah. your deck, what your gear like, what your pet like, all that's much more sensitive. It is about optimization. But then, you know, there, because there is a portion of our community that's really interested. Yeah. Yep. And so we wanted to give them a place to go. But then we didn't want to exclude everybody else yeah. just because they were ready. So then that's why the raid has areas that intentionally target yeah. for people who aren't close. Yeah. To, to give a very specific example, the first raid, essentially, you go in with 12 people. And the, it's pretty much designed for you to split into three teams of four. And you got your primary team who goes up the middle and they fight a sequence of really bad bosses. But the whole time that they're doing that, they're getting debuffed all the time. However, over here in another corner of the space, there is essentially a little game that you're playing. We call it Dance Dance Revolution, but it's not. You're interacting with certain objects in a certain order and you're doing it again and again. And if you do this and you do it correctly and you keep doing it, it reduces the amount of debuffs that are happening. Oh, wow. So it makes the primary team better able to fight the bosses. So lower level people are contributing to the success of the event without being, you know, without doing a million points of damage every time they, they yeah. cast a spell. In fact, they're not casting a standard spell at all. Uh, we invented basically what we call cantrips, which are magic you cast outside of combat. And things like interact with this object to make this effect happen. But we've got cantrips where I see you on a dual circle fighting and I can run up and I can cast spells at you that will help you during the fight. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, it, and the spell awesome. leverages your stats that long. Yeah, so I cast, awesome. I cast a spell and then onto the combat circle, and then you cast it, yeah. and then it, 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 it resolves it using your stats, not mine. Yeah. But I'm the one who did. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, those are yeah. kind of yeah. So that's sort of how we are trying to appeal to the different people based on kind of what yeah. Oh, and another note, too, about the level cap. Uh, we hinted at it earlier, but the story completion, quest completion, is an overwhelming percentage of XP. Yeah, and that was something we did early. Like, yes, like, that, was, that was a foundational decision. Yeah, yeah. That was, we wanted the story to be a focus. Yep. And so you don't get, like most games, you get XP from combats and stuff, killing stuff. But we didn't want that to be the focus. We wanted the story to be the focus. Ah, yes. So okay. the player focuses on the story as its primary method of progression. Yep. Yeah. And then, as a consequence, the story uh, needed to be a better quality. Yeah. And so, you know, that caused us to make it better, make the story better, because it's the focus. Yeah. Oh, one more note, too. Uh, because we were skewing younger, because we were worried about how our youngest players would be reading or not reading, the game is completely full VO. Oh, wow. Uh, 20... 21 worlds, hundreds <laughs> of quests. Yeah. Like, really and, sounds wow. Yeah, we, we, 
That's we, a phenomenal we, achievement. We finally moved the recording booth inside our building. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. But, uh, and what it does is, again, it allows our characters to be funny. It allows yeah. our characters to be relatable. We can make jokes that are very subtle, that have nothing to do with the words, but it's how they say them. And it, it just boosts our, our flavor yeah. and our atmosphere. Uh, awesome. And it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think we're, I think we are in part growing because uh, we stand sort of in contrast with uh, maybe higher stress games. Yeah. And maybe more, uh, yeah, power fantasy games. We yeah. have that. Like, we're not doing so We have, yeah. we have an album. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, yeah. but like it's I not said, the it's only a, way to level 160. Yeah. And it's a chill, you know, the game has many chill things that you can do yeah. and you know we've been talking to community members today and a lot of them mention that right like yeah. they have a bad day or they've been playing something super stressful or whatever and they just want to chill they can go into whiz they can sit in the comments and chat with people they can go just do some normal questing and it's really it's really kind of a relaxing thing and you know we don't that's i think that is what's intentional absolutely and, uh, yeah, it's valuable that they maintain that. So. Yeah. And, and even beyond just the bad day, again, because of the combat model and how different it is, there's a level of accessibility that yeah. we have compared to other Twitch-based yeah. RPGs. So we have people, you know, who we have uh, we have people who are shut into their homes, yeah. and Wizard is their window into a community. Yeah. And I've talked to these people online and, and gotten along with them, and the communities that they've built have really improved their yeah. lives. And, you know, seeing that stuff happen is incredibly rewarding yeah. uh, as a dev. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially like, you know, they're hearing some stories from people today who might have had challenging childhoods, yeah. challenging periods in their lives, and then go to a place that is, uh, well, it gives an environment where they can expect positive interactions yeah. with other people, whereas that's maybe not really easy to yeah. find. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, there was a uh, there was a mom, a parent-aged player in Pirate, who had had injury issues, long-term yeah. injury issues who was one of the most active members on the forums and talked to everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I could tell reading the first post that this is not somebody in middle school. Yeah. This is, yeah. And, yeah. But right there, everybody knows them, everybody talks yeah. to them, and, you know, we it, provide it, that yeah. space. Yeah. 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 Just kind of beyond that, right? Oh, yeah. I, I sometimes think about the, the unique qualities of Wiz that kind of set it apart. But the game's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to seem like Oh, we're not we're not thinking about being fun and some sort of yeah. whatever. If if we're not fun, we don't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah we wouldn't be here for 15 years yeah. if it wasn't fun. Exactly. And so, like we do. I mean, yeah, the team loves the game, and the team loves the community. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, the community passion fuels things. us. Yeah. And our passion fuels player response. Yeah. So we get a virtuous cycle, and yeah, uh, yeah it's That's awesome. awesome. That's cool.